Hi, and welcome back to the Here Together podcast from the Philadelphia Orchestra and Kimmel Center, Inc. I'm your host, Khadija Mbo, and I describe myself as a sociocultural content creator, classically trained soprano, and loving provocateur. And I'm here to facilitate some heartfelt, engaging, disruptive conversations with artists, activists, and everyone in between. That's you. The music you heard in the intro was created by our guest today, Theo Bear, a.k.a. It Boy. The track called Deities features the violinist Zachary Paul and comes from Theo's 2020 EP, The Nail House. A nail house is a Chinese term for a home with tenants who refuse to leave to make space for real estate development, and it refers to Theo's own experiences with gentrification. As he wrote and recorded this project, the place where he'd lived and worked for five years itself became a nail house. Shortly after completing the EP, the award-winning composer was evicted. Today, he lives in Brooklyn with his cat, Dimitri, named after Theo's favorite composer, Dimitri Shostakovich. It Boy releases much of his work online through Bandcamp. Each track is an intimate reflection of both his diverse musical upbringing and his journey of emotional healing as a Black, trans, and queer artist. As Theo's understanding of his identity has unfolded over time, music has always remained an unshakable pillar at the very foundation of who he is. I was adopted at four weeks old, and the, one of the requests of my biological mother to my adoptive family was that I receive piano lessons at some point. And so I started piano lessons at age six, and my teacher was this Black woman, Nalcina Morris, at James Madison University. She taught me how to read music um, and everything. And, you know, there's, there's such a pong game of confidence. Being maybe a little bit exceptional at music, at performance. And then I'm like this young black girl. So there's this like fine line between novelty and actually being respected. And that has like, that has definitely permeated until now. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, I was gonna, like I was gonna ask about that because I, I know the feeling of uh, well, it's like the, am I really this good? Or are people just shocked that I'm here? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like that look of how did you end up here? Yeah. And that, and that's like this drastic, that can be one minute to the next, like confidence cut down. Yeah. <laughs> like that is. It's an audio platform. I'm nodding vigorously. Yeah. <laughs> this uncertainty has loomed throughout Theo's career. Largely self-taught, it's only in the past few years that he started interacting with so-called musical institutions. In 2021, his piece, All Intentions, had its world premiere at the Bang on a Can Loud Weekend at Mass Mocha. For the uninitiated, that's Massachusetts Museum of Contemporary Art. And in 2022, he completed a two-week-long residency at the Anderson Center outside Minneapolis. Both were instructive, though in very different ways. The first residency was the Bang on a Can Summer Festival at Mass Mocha, which is something I've wanted to do since I was in high school, you know. And I, first of all, ended up finally being accepted and brought there, like, clearly as a token, which I knew going in. And I was like, you know what, I'll go. And just had a really hard experience like something is not directly at the fault of the institution which was like at the end of my first week I had this like weird racist encounter on the street but you know that's like small town massive whatever and that kind of tainted the next 
you know, my experience there also, but to be one of only like two, three black people still. And there's that like huge slope of right, like sitting in a session with some of my like heroes and then just like the confidence can be cut down in a second. And then cut to this year, I had a residency, which was like exactly what I needed it to be restorative. Two weeks where you don't like you can do what you want and here's food and here's a beautiful room and here's four other weirdly perfect cohort. I really saw kind of this like range of what residencies can be and mean. I wanted to talk to you just as another queer person listening to your music and someone just trying to kind of find my own identity and queerness. I tend to think of it in this sort of bell hooks way of it's not just one thing. Queerness is in not just orientation, but a constant becoming or a constant unraveling. And I wanted to ask you how if you've even thought of words for it, you would define queerness for yourself. It's always been like a freedom for me. And also in this way that I just, I never put expectations on what that's going to mean five years from now. But that's why I really identify with the really kind of generic or blanket term that I see it queer, because I don't have to put expectations on what that is. Because it still, you know, surprises me or... I, I don't know how I'm going to feel about my sexuality tomorrow. Or I just, all of I, it. Any and all <laughs> of it. It's okay. It's unfolding yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Has anything surprised you recently that you've learned about yourself? I mean, maybe I think just a, like, a next step to confidence in my identity to almost the point of not thinking about it so much or definitely not caring. Like, I don't care really what other people think about my identity. That's kind of like low on the list of like, what's at the forefront of my mind every day today, which was not the case when I was, you know, first coming out 19, worried about the way I look all the time, the way I sound all the time. And so like kind of finally reaching a new plateau of comfort in queerness I don't know, that's been a nice feeling to, like, learn how to accept. It's kind of scary. There there was, like, a doubt that, like, I grew up with as, like, a Black female-identified person in a very white world. There was a lot of confidence to be gained. (laughs) Um, Like, you can do this thing that is kind of against the grain or, like, kind of out of the norm. And that can be right. Like this confidence that, you know, was suppressed in me for a long time. So would you say music helped build that confidence? Definitely. Yeah. This is Tempting for Richard Maxfield from Theo Bear's 2017 EP, Euphoric Recall. Good question. I'm not 
not very good at keeping track of when I composed anything. I would guess about a year ago, or within the, more or less uh, half a year ago, somewhere. Let's hear now the composition by Richard Maxfield, Hoff Music. Theo Baer is a thoroughly contemporary composer. Not only does he revel in electronics, cassette looping, and cosmic sounds, his approach to writing music is itself a sign of changing times. Where many composers of the past are known for being extremely didactic, concerned with controlling exactly how their works rise off the page, Theo is one of a growing cohort of young composers who generously invite musicians and audience members into an unrepeatable improvisational experience with every performance. I feel like that's really integral to my music because it's like to me the most profound thing you can kind of experience. Maybe, I mean, maybe that's from the jazz background of like improv. That was like, I grew up doing that for a long time. But when that hits right, that is the most amazing thing. And that is the most amazing thing to an audience member to see that. And that is the most amazing thing to like facilitate that as a composer. And then, like, pair that, I feel what's really goes right in line with that is chance, which, like, you know, like, there's Miles Davis and there's John Cage, to be kind of basic. But, like, you know, those are actually really two important people. And there's, like, the beauty of something that can only happen once. And the magic of the moment. Yeah, that's, that's like, the best thing about music to me. <laughs> um as someone who's played a lot in like bands and ensembles too, it's like you have a bunch of different people and sometimes something wild happens. That kind of goes into like the social aspect of music that I love, which is like choosing or bringing in people that, because there, there again is like dictation and chance. You're like, I know this person, but I don't know exactly what they're going to do. But I know that if I put them in this environment, something great is going to happen. And usually those are, people that I relate to on other levels, not just music. You were saying that jazz was one of those genres that you grew up with. What other kinds of music did you listen to growing up? So much. I was kind of a weird kid. But I think also like growing up in like a kind of Christian background and having my parents kind of a little more, you know, censor what kind of music I was allowed to listen to. I ended up listening to a lot of instrumental music because I think lyrics are a very, like, polarizing part of that. Just, whole... just for the audience, your parents were Methodist missionaries, correct? Mennonite missionaries. Mennonite. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so very, sorry, I don't mean to, but you said strict with the music. And I'm going to take your word for it. Um, but also, like, Mennonites love music. That's another thing. Like, What like, what type of, of music would you find in, in the Mennonite religion? Is that the right way? I Yeah, I mean, yeah. just a lot of, like, hymnal singing, like, shape notes. So, like, I grew up singing a lot. And, like, even just that, like, family functions, like, they would just get together and sing a cappella. Like, my mom doesn't necessarily know how to read music but can like do four prior harmony like no problem you know can like follow a line and that's just like standard and we just had a lot of like classical music uh around especially yeah a lot of a lot of music you know my parents would take me to see a lot of things but um you know there's very traditional Mennonites and not so traditional Mennonites my parents grew up pretty traditional and have grown is kind of incredible 
I'm partly my fault, I say. But um, <laughs> how how have you radicalized your parents? Goodness. Um, <laughs> Please, because I feel like as well, sometimes, especially when you grow up in a super religious background, like I grew up Muslim and my parents have come so far and I'm like, it's my fault. But also I'm really proud of them. So definitely speak to that because I think a lot of people love to hear when parents, (laughs) you know, come around. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, my parents, I think even before I was born, like always reading books and learning and like meeting people which is not the case for a lot of like really religious you know they can say very insular but my parents have always explored and gone outward and been curious and my mom was 42 when they adopted me and like did some work coming into that like adopting a black child into a white family in tennessee in 1991 you know they they did some work but you can't do enough work (laughs) so like no, what, what yeah unfortunately you know i'm grateful for them but going from being mennonite missionaries to like having a black trans son is different <laughs> you're, you're, you, you, you paused and then went it's different <laughs> so i know queerness is always evolving we talk about it kind of unfolding but was there a Time, not a time. It's coming out. It's called coming out, Khadija. When did you when did you feel comfortable enough to come out to your parents? Well, the first time I came out, I guess, as a lesbian was in high school. And like they are they knew already. Like my mom was like, Do you have something to tell us? I was like, God damn it. Um They so, always know. <laughs> I mean, it was like fine. I mean, we, you know, there's things you gotta deal with still, but like Ultimately, it was fine. So I was like 17. And then I came out the second time as trans. What was it, 19 or 20? 20. And that was like maybe a little harder. But um, again, my parents are always growing. Cut to my mom with the the, like trans flag in her front yard. That's so, oh, that feels really good. Cause that, I guess that also, we're spending this whole time talking about confidence and validation. And it's important when the people in your life validate who you are simply by accepting and believing you when you say this about yourself. A lot of that goes into building up one's confidence. Like so many of us, Theo's journey to confidence has been complicated and often painful. The excerpt you're about to hear is part of the track Habits, in which Theo reflects on his own struggles with mental health and addiction. Its only lyrics are the haunting phrase, love is hard to kill. I listened to Habits and I don't know, I kind of felt it. You're smiling, you know, you you might have a feeling of what I'm going to say. I just, can you talk me through what it was like creating something that honest without words, even though there's, there are words in it, but very minimal. Yeah. How, how did it feel creating that? 
one, and then how did it feel getting people's responses to it? <laughs> I mean, it's definitely therapeutic and a relief or a way of like putting down these words in some sense and like solidifying this, you know, something that can still be reinterpreted and still be still be relevant at different stages. I think what's different now is my maybe comfort in like, you know, seeking help and talking about this stuff. Because you're right, like the vocals or the lyrics in that track are kind of like tucked in or hidden in this way. And I think that's really uh, indicative of like stigma or yeah, how, you know, being open about what's going on. I mean, clearly I'm still a little... (laughs) It's hard. Sometimes it is hard to, to talk about because our minds are, it feels like something separate from us. But I think it's Sonia Renee Taylor who says that like, our minds live in our bodies and we act like they're two separate things, but they're one thing and it affects a lot. So, yeah. yeah. No, that's real. Minds versus body has been, as someone who's not identified with my body or like don't feel so much a but like i am very much my mind same a home a home in the body is is weird sensationally <laughs> and yeah kind of reconciling those those two parts and yeah just being being real about it <laughs> yeah theo what does success look like to you now wow um <laughs> it feels close or like in that sense of like it also feels very different than when I was like younger where I'm like cool if I can just pay rent and have some space some windows the food I want basically the basics yeah (laughs) you were describing uh the basics of living that's okay we both in there but still do my art it's funny because it's all of us it's like telling of millennials of this time and place that we are all broke yes. <laughs> all right thanks for listening this month y'all we'll see you, <laughs> you imagine that's the end <laughs> i mean just to say that also it looks a lot different i think i can feel like satisfied and comfortable and happy in these ways that you know seem like basic but mean a lot more you know, I love my, my family and my chosen family and those who really show up. And it's always, in the end, they just want to care for you and they want what's best for you. So, like, I still dream about having a huge house. And, <laughs> like, yeah, that would be great. But, like, that that's going to physically be whatever it is. And if I have good people by me, the most important things are just more, like, subtle to me now you know i've I've had there's like a full-length album that's been in talks for a while now but i'm kind of focused on other fragments of my like life getting those right there's like definitely an album in me like i think about it every day it's gonna happen but i'm not scared i'm not so worried about physical, financial, logistical manifestations of what that's actually going to look like. Theo Bear is so truly inspiring, thought-provoking, and just such a gentle spirit. 
I'm really looking forward to seeing what he comes out with next. If you would like to join me in keeping up with Theo, check out the links in our description to his Bandcamp and Instagram. Also, go listen to our in-depth lightning round with Theo. And please, 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 I know people ask a lot, but remember to rate and review our sweet little podcast because it really does help us out. And we just love to hear what you think about everything we're doing over here. So until next month, I'm Khadija, and this has been the Here Together podcast from the Philadelphia Orchestra and Kimmel Center, Inc. As we close, you'll hear a taste of a track called Lodge, which Theo released by itself in May 2019. Honestly, the description Theo wrote is worded perfectly, so I'm just going to read you the backstory behind this beautiful piece. Years ago, I unearthed a case full of cassettes in my parents' closet. I'd been saving a certain one for the right time. A recorded letter to Ron, written on the label. It would have been sent to my father in Costa Rica from his family in Ohio. Upon pressing play, I hear who I think is my grandmother as the initial hiss of the tape settles, and soon the voice of my young uncle. My mother and father met while they were both serving as Mennonite missionaries in Costa Rica during the 1970s. He sang love songs outside her window. He rode on an old Yamaha motorcycle up through Central America. He loved to tell those stories. While on my third stay in a psychiatric hospital, I started sketching out a short piece. The new season of Twin Peaks was airing at the time, and the adult unit I was housed in is known as Lodge. It was during my fourth and most recent stay that my father fell ill and passed away. I experienced his last days through secondhand phone calls in my own hospital room miles apart. Such a physical disconnect and heightened reality complicates my ability to grieve. I returned home and had to finish the piece. The sample finally had a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, Ron. This is Gary. Phil doesn't want to say nothing, so I guess I was. We've tried it about three times before this, but each time we discovered that the microphone was off. <laughs> so we have to start all over. Yeah.